This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. 7.48 a.m. You are listening to The Morning Run. I'm Shazana with Philip. Now, Kuala Lumpur International Airport, or KLIA, was once the pride of the nation when it first opened its doors 25 years ago. But uh, I think it's safe to say the shine has long worn off. KLIA is now more often associated with broken down aerotrains, long immigration queues, luggage delays, and accessibility concerns. The state of the country's main airport has especially come under scrutiny as proposals to revamp other airports come to light. MHB is finalising its long-awaited regeneration plan for Subang Airport by the end of the first quarter. Meanwhile, the Prime Minister of the Sri Anwar Ibrahim has also confirmed that the government is not seeking to build an international airport in Kulim, with funds being channeled to upgrade existing facilities in Penang and Subang instead. So how should investments be prioritised to ensure that Malaysia's airport infrastructure is up to standard? For some thoughts on this, we speak to Kair Mirza, Managing Partner of Integral Capital. Integral Capital is is a registered fund management company in Singapore. Kai, good morning. Thanks very much for joining us. Now, we know that uh, we see Anthony Lok back in the driver's seat as a Minister of Transport under this current government. What signals has he given in terms of how government policy um, intends to go on the country's airports? Are the positions similar to when he was in office the first time around? Good morning. Yes, I think um, he's given very strong signals that... Um, one thing that you can expect from him is consistency. And I think he's open to receiving data and evidence of um, how to move forward on those policies. So I think uh, those are the two things which uh, we see will be quite uh, prominent. The third thing I think would be uh, a key point is that um, he has the uh, DG or the KSU that um, he wanted. So I think um, he has a good man to, um, to, to work with him. And Kira, you know, KLI has been receiving quite a lot of bad press over its poor maintenance and service delivery. So much talk about its aero trains, baggage handling, right? When you look at these issues that are surfacing now, to help us understand the root cause. Is this something that is a long overdue issue, like this, that has been an issue of neglect five, ten years ago, or is this something more recent? It's a good question. I think the main comparison I would make is that uh, to look first at the capital city airports in Southeast Asia, if you look at what's happening in Changi, in Manila, in Jakarta, in Bangkok, I think you'll find that um, there's been a recurrent theme of uh, continued um, either complete makeovers or even new terminals or new airports being planned and um, developed um, or complete, you know, complete overhauls, um, really. So... Um, from that point of view, if you do a direct comparison, I think um, you, you could ask uh, those questions and uh, seek uh, some um, answers, so to speak. Yeah. Um, so based on that, um, Philip, I think um, if you if you based on what's um, happened in KLIA or KL, um, apart from the last um, major development in the building of or development of a Terminal 2, um, there's not really been um, a lot that is uh, discernible to the public. So I, don't, I, I do agree that those are questions in which um, the airports um, should come forth and shed a little bit more light on. Hmm. What do you see as the main gaps that need to be addressed um, by MHB in order to rectify the bad rap that KLIA has gained for itself over the years? Well, I think um, in general, the... Um, the administration has um, got 
the its approach um, not far off. I think um, if you look at the public pain points and you can deliver on those uh, resolving resolving those public pain points, um, that would be a great start. So exactly the things that you mentioned, uh, Philip, whether it's the aero train, whether it's uh, baggage handling, and whether that's a question of design or um, improvement. Um, those are things which um, I believe over a decade ago would probably already have been on the table. And so, you know, it's always said you pay what you get. So Lok has said that there will be no increase in the passenger services charge <laughs> this year, but uh, it could be revised for Terminal 1. So how might these revisions to the PSC impact, uh, you know, the overall aviation sector then? Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm, I'm not a big fan of... Um, um, of um, that uh, point of view. I think uh, there's no empirical evidence that a year-on-year price adjustment upwards or downwards results in a spectacular dynamic growth or um, improvement in efficiency. I think it has, has got to be something more consistent, uh, more um, focused. And um, I think there should be a lot more private enterprise because um, sometimes if uh, you're waiting on policy, then you know um, if you look at all the other capital city airports as well, the large policies are uh, directed and then private enterprise takes over. So that could be something which um, KL could uh, benefit from. Can we turn our attention to other developments um, with KL Aviation Infrastructure, and namely that's the regeneration plan for Subang Airport. MEHB is expected to present its updated plan by the end of the month. Um, How do you see this playing out? What are the issues that need to be ironed out in order for the transformation of Subang Airport into a viable city airport uh, to take place? Well, and... Exactly to the point that I made about uh, private enterprise, right? Um, we've postulated um, almost uh, seven or eight years ago that the two-city airport strategy was not being supported sufficiently for the um, optimum growth of uh, Klang Valley and uh, KL. So compared to the other ASEAN uh, capital city airports, there were viable and there were clear two-city airport strategies which were implemented either by design or by accident. So I think it's a positive that um, MHP and the government is actually um, supporting Subang Airport uh, regeneration. Um, and I think there's, there's still quite a ways to go because there's a lot more opposition. Um, but I don't think those are really grounded in empirical evidence. I think those are very emotional arguments. Mm. So those are the things which are, I think are, are a large obstacle to the progress of uh, KL as an um, aviation market. I guess the business case for the two-city airport is anchored on also what you see in other cities around the region. What I think is very interesting is that, you you know, in, in Malaysia, we've had so many conversations about airports taking place all around the country, right? Notably, the one that's caught the most attention is the proposed new airport at Kulim Kedah. And you're seeing it become increasingly politicized, isn't it, with even the ruler of Kedah mm-hmm. now saying that mm-hmm. we should get support. Uh, what's your take about the current plans to, you know, do these export expansions all across the country? Then, well, you know, um, I, I'm I'm a great believer in um, using, uh, um, you know, what we say is a data-based or evidence-based um, uh, postul, uh, you know, t- uh, proposals and development plans and uh, forecasting, right? So, um, in in the first instance, I would say um, MOT and MOF in Malaysia should already know based on MHB's own successful Istanbul Second Airport Regeneration Plan. 
So that in itself, in its own docket, they should have um, evidence that that actually grows a market if you inject a little bit of competition. Um, secondly, I would say that um, Kulim, like Subang, would also benefit from a more in-touch and a more modern uh, viewpoint. So maybe it's not the proposal, but it's the way in which they've gone it. And I don't think it's a surprise. You look at the Kulim team and all of them are pushing on 80 or 90. And I'm not a guy who discriminates age. Yeah? <laughs> I think if you're, if, you're, if you're good enough, you're young enough or you're old enough, whatever. Right? Um, and lastly, I think in terms of uh, prioritizing um, investments, I think um, in any infrastructure space, and we are active in you know, renewables, we are active in sea transport, um, network, the, the network concept um, holds true. You cannot base your investment thesis on a single infrastructure point. Mm. So I think that's something which Malaysia would benefit more from if they looked at the entire network in a more holistic manner. So um, I'd definitely be a proponent of investing more in non-KLIA airports, um, in regional hubs, so to speak. But yeah. that's where it's very interesting because I, I hear your case that, look, there is some room for appetite for investments for these regional airports. But also, you know, we've seen so much need and cry for help, right, for investments within the same core airport, which is KLIA. So the issue here is that there's a shortage of capital, isn't it, to basically go around to do both the dual mandates of improving the current major hub well, as well as do regional mm-hmm. investments. Is that fair? I suppose it's always, you know, if you look, if you look at the final details, right, Philip, um, I think if you look at uh, about 10 years ago, what did KLIA do to attract investors like um, Alibaba or Mitsui Outlet Park, right? They looked for partners. So I'm not sure where they've gone since a decade ago. Um, so I think, you know, that's something in which uh, with the new administration and the new DG, uh, we hope to see um, improvements made. Kair, thank you very much for speaking with us. That was Kair Mirza, Managing Partner at Integral Capital. Um, Weighing in on the state of Malaysian airports, uh, where investments should be channeled um, to improve the facilities that we have, and really just um, talking about the kind of policies that's needed to make the aviation sector grow. I think it's super interesting that you know, that that perhaps there's enough for everybody if we kind of move to the secondary airports. Of course, there's so much debate about the incumbency of the existing airports. Uh, and then how do you get data to say, no, actually, there's a network effect when you, when you actually grow and you actually have adjacent infrastructure beside it. I think the issue always is like who's eating whose pie. Right. That's always the challenge, right, with respect to Kulim and Penang, with respect to Subang and Kelai. How do you grow the pie as opposed to think about eating the pie? But to do that, I think you have to be thoughtful in how you execute their investment then. And I think a lot of partnerships with the private sector, that's something Kair mentioned as well, right? It cannot purely be just government funded. There really mm. needs to be more, of, you know, investment yes, from yes. all parties really. And he's demonstrated that actually in the past there have been private investments done. So let's see the results. All right, 7.59 in the morning. We're heading into the 8 a.m. news bulletin. And then after that on the breakfast grill, I'll be speaking to Ng Meng Tai, founder and CEO of Opstar Technology. Stay tuned, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.